Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittaman. This is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities and all it takes. If you're a first-time user, it's three easy steps. Just go to mercurymile.com. Dot com, create your profile and lay out your preferences, and then you'll get a curated box of goodies, whether it's uh, attire, uh, really nice clothes for you to wear, uh, some accessories, uh, you know, good or sunglasses was in my last box, and uh, some nutrition as well. Um, they send them straight to you. It's all good stuff. But the best part about it is you can keep what you like and send back what you don't. Also, it's not a subscription service, so you can order as many boxes as you like, however often as you like, and just keep what you like and send back what you don't. And the stuff that you do keep is very reasonably priced. They don't gouge you by sending you high-priced stuff and then hoping you keep it. Um, I think the last box I got, I ended up getting a Mercury Mile Tech shirt for $9. So anyway, I'm a huge fan of Mercury Mile and I'm so excited that they sponsored the show. If you go to their site and use the the promo code, excuse me, RamblingRunner10 at checkout to save 10 bucks. So this episode, I'm talking to my friend Jean-Mike Remy. Remy is just one heck of an athlete. Uh, at first glance, he looks like Mr. Universe pretty much. He has this sculpted body. He's you know biking and running everywhere. He's eating super nutritious, really good-looking meals. He just looks like the pinnacle of what you'd want to be from a physical standpoint. At least that's how I look at him. However, that has not always been the case, and that's the heart of this episode. We talked to Remy about... Basically, his conversion from somebody who was forced to take uh, medication for high blood pressure and he was about to get diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and how he transitioned from that period of his life in his mid to late 20s to somebody who, like I just said, is kind of like the pinnacle of fitness. And he did it very quickly. So there's a lot to take from this episode. Um, Not only the transition that he undertook, But just the thoughtfulness that he provides throughout the episode, this was like a lot of my episodes, one in which I quickly realized that I'm talking to somebody not just a little smarter than me, someone far, far smarter than me. So I, uh, you know, that that happens quite often here on the show, and it certainly happened in this case, that's for sure. Um, Also, I just want to let you know, the audio on this episode wasn't quite to the caliber that I like. Um, the, the, The call dropped a couple times. So bear with me. I do think that the uh, the content is worth it. So just stick with it. Uh, he does a great job on this show. Uh, again, I apologize for the audio. I wouldn't say it's bad, but just isn't the caliber of, say, the last month, month and a half, uh, where the audio quality has been pretty good. Um, but so, like I said, bear with it. I really like this episode, and I hope you do too. So thanks a lot for Jean-Mike Remy for coming on the show, and here we go. Hello, Remy, and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for hopping on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, Matt. Big fan. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. You are on a daily basis, it seems like, kicking butt in a couple different areas, both on the bike, <laughs> on the run, and, um, and on the grill. 
I don't know if, if that's if that makes a triathlon, the run, the bike, and the grill, but it seems like you're putting in work on all three. You know what? Sign me up for that one. I would love to compete. You know, if you can find that somewhere, <laughs> uh, I will happily register and bring my uh, bring my apron. I'm just glad that my wife doesn't follow your Instagram account because she'd probably be like, see, you're grilling that, but you're not grilling like that. And I would appreciate it if you stepped up your game a little bit. Um, at least I'm sure she, she might not say that specifically to me, but at least would be thinking it. There's no question yeah, about that. A little roll of the eye. A little, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when you're the only one eating the food that you, you that you prepared. It's like you don't even need the words. You know, you know what the other person or other people are thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you had Matt, just you know, stop on by, you know, bring it, bring the family, and uh, we'll make it happen. That's the thing, and you, you are also a local Rhode Islander. Uh, so I'm in Rhode Island. Um, you are in Massachusetts. I should say local New Englander. Um, That's right. So you're in Belrica. Yes. Got it. All right. So you know, I got it down, but I'm actually be able to spell. I'm able to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> Not Bill Erica. You got it. Right. Exactly. It, it looks as if it's like America, but with Bill instead of mm-hmm. instead of the A. I remember the first time I saw it. I was, I was driving through. I think it was my dad going to an AU basketball tournament. And we, he basically had to school me on how to pronounce all the towns off of like 495 and 95. Oh, man. So you went through Tuxbury and all that. Oh, yeah. Tingsboro and just the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole crew up there. Um, well, you kicked some butt this weekend. So you had, you had a little is it a biathlon this weekend. Yeah, we did a duathlon just du-athlon. to kind of mix things up and uh, break up the monotony of, uh, the training cycle, um, have a little fun. And, you know, it's been, so- I've been thinking a lot on just the running that I was like, Hey, I really like to cycle too. And wouldn't, you know, there's this event that combines the two. Why aren't we doing that? So it was really nice to get out there this weekend and, um, give it a go. A lot of yeah, fun. I was, uh, it was, it was fun watching you get so amped up when you got your, uh, your new bike, was it a few weeks back or two months back? You were you were so, you're like a kid in a candy store when you when you brought that baby home. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I I'm still I've got this ear to ear grin, and just as you mentioned it. Um, so fun fact: I have been riding for a while, but for the longest time, I've been riding single speed, and it was kind of a point of pride for me that you know here I am. I've got this one gear, but it's a really big aggressive gear. And I just love to chase people down. And, you know, I was really a city rider, so it made sense just to get in and out of traffic and get going. But I always kind of had this dream of like, ooh, I want to ride a century one day. And that's just not going to happen on a single speed. You know, I'll get up to about 65, 70 miles on my single speed and I'm wiped. So I finally get the uh, the 11 speed and it's like, whoa, it's super light, super fast and I'm I'm thinking about it right now, actually. So, are you riding your bike to work, or is that just going way back in the time machine where you're you're doing city rides? Um, that's going back a few years because uh, we all kind of ebb and flow as we grow. Um, but I did used to ride to work. I uh, lived in Somerville, then Arlington, and would regularly bike into Cambridge and Boston. Um, you know, blazing down Mass Ave in and out of rush hour traffic. Um, but that that was just a blast and wasn't even thinking about anything athletic. I didn't look at that as a sport. That was just fun for me, you know, just riding in and out of the traffic. Uh, but 
the mindset has changed a little bit. I don't think it's so much of a sport as almost like recreational suicide. I cannot even imagine riding a bike down Mass Ave in traffic like that. For anyone who's not from Boston or not down there, um, that is not that just doesn't sound like a good time. I mean, you're either like in a ton of traffic, a lot of cars or constant lights. Um, you must have had really, you know, they say that in, in Britain, it takes like just like years and years and years for a taxi driver to get their license because they have to like become so spatially aware mm-hmm. of just the city, its maps and just how to navigate it. I feel the same way about like riding a bike in those urban settings for an extended period of time. You know, there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of craning of the neck happening. And, you know, you're looking here, you're looking there. Um, I, to this day, I don't do a lot of city riding now, but nothing scares me more than a parked car with any kind of lights on because I never know if a door is going to open. Like that, that is my biggest fear that a door will open on me. And I did happen once. But just, you know, praying and hoping it doesn't happen and the injuries aren't any worse. Um, but it definitely uh, builds some character and some uh, fortitude. But the other side was, you know what, being on a bike most of the time was just the fastest way to get across town. So, you know, you'd be, yeah, I could wait for the one bus and that's just kind of putt-putting along. Or you get on the bike and just, blaze you know if the bus is moving at 10 miles per hour average through traffic and you're going 15 i'm gonna get to cambridge faster so going back in time were you always a really fit guy i mean i hear someone who like you know goes out of their way to like ride to work and obviously like you're super fit now were you always that way (laughs) i would love to say that i was uh absolutely not um no, we joke and, and would definitely say that the 34-year-old me would definitely beat up 24-year-old me any day of the week. Uh, there was definitely some uh, peaks and valleys along the way. So what about your early life led you to not being that active? You know, I feel like it's the, the typical arc. Uh, you know, you kind of start to grow up. Um, you know, you're, you're playing the sports in high school and kind of doing the thing. And at that time, you can kind of do whatever you want, eat whatever you want, not sleep and, you know, do this, do that, drink this, stay up late and all that. And if you just needed to look ripped, do 10 pushups and you're good to go, right? Take the shirt off and it's fine. Well, that starts to catch up to you in the early 20s. You know, you're I'm not playing D1 football or anything, you know, so you're just a little bit more stagnant. You join the workforce and you're sitting all day, um, not really watching what I'm eating because, you know, yeah, it's still okay. And you're doing the happy hours and the thirsty Thursdays and the the wings on Sundays and red zone football and all that. This sounds wonderful. I want to keep this going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I'll say this. I have little regrets about it because I definitely enjoyed the uh, the flavors that life had to offer. Um, but it definitely doesn't come without a price. And it all started to catch up with me. And when it started to catch up with you, did you, did you kind of have a self-awareness right from the start about that's kind of the way it was going? Or was it more of like, eh, 
you know, I'm, me and my buddies are all kind of on the same path here. It really doesn't matter. Like what for you, what were like the signs and what led up to some sort of tipping point decision where you started to bring it back the other way? Well, it was a, a couple of things. And I like to tell folks that you're, you're ready to make the change when you're actually ready to make the change. Cause the first handful of signs didn't really do much for me in that, oh, hey, uh, your pants aren't really fitting like they used. That's all right. I need to change my style anyway. So let's get some new pants. Get some That's new a good one. And... That's a great rationalization. I use that one all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, Macy's will sell me something new. So it's fine. And that kind of snowballed into like, ooh, hold on. You were out of breath just going up a flight of stairs now. It's like, yeah, that's all right. No, no big deal. You know, who am I trying to impress? And, you know, you, you see all the different uh, folks on TV and the magazines. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm comfortable with who I am. I've always been pretty comfortable with who I am and had a decent self-esteem. But it wasn't until uh, going in for a physical and my doctor had kind of been telling me, hey, you got to make some changes. Da, da, da. This isn't good. Hey, you got to watch that blood pressure. Hey, you got to watch the cholesterol. Da, da, da. Uh, it was shortly after my 32nd birthday and, you know, we're going through all the numbers and I'm walking out of there and he writes me a prescription. It's like, yeah, this is it. You got to start taking this and that for your blood pressure. You're a candidate for, um, you know, high blood pressure and type two diabetes and this and that. And right away, I'm like, uh oh, I'm about to become a statistic. No way. So that was the red flag that was like, all right, we got to do something about this. Wow. So when you got that prescription, did you end up filling it or did you just start making changes right away to combat what you had heard in that appointment? No, I did. To the urging of my wife, she was, you know, kind of pushing me like, hey, you can't just brush off what the doctor is saying. Um, So I did fill the prescription. But at the same time, I looked at this as a I kind of analyzed a lot of things from different angles and I just saw right away that all right if I fill this and I have to keep taking this this is a tax on life you know I'm going to have to continue filling this prescription I have to keep reminding myself to take these pills and doing this and that Um, that's just to maintain where I am right now first off I just thought there was a stigma with having to take pills I've known enough people with uh, heart conditions and different health concerns. And it always starts with taking the pills and making some joke about it. And, you know, and by the time they're in their mid fifties, that's still fairly young. You know, they can't really even move around. And we're at the phase where we're talking about, Hey, let's start a family. And I'm already looking down the line. Like I may not be able to run around the park and play with my kid. I might not be around. So Let's stop and see what this pill actually is, what it's doing, and what I can do about it. So what did you find out about the pills that you took that you wanted to take note of? And how did that make you change what you were doing? So right off the bat, you know, I wanted to know everything about it, what it does. You know, you see all those commercials and side effects might include blah, 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 blah. And I know I didn't want that. So um, finding out that it was a diuretic and that would just have me going all the time. Um, 
details. So, you know, doing that research, I got together with my mother-in-law, and she's a dietitian at South Shore Hospital. And uh, we just kind of got to talking about, you know, what this pill really is, um, what are other things that you should be doing to kind of go along with it, you know, just different things to look at the whole health and wellness. Um, and actually, the first thing that came out was, hey, you probably shouldn't be taking this one. Uh, this is a general recommendation for, you know, broad stroke people are prescribed this type of pill for you and your lifestyle. Here's an alternative, and you should definitely ask to be switched to that. So that was uh, one of the first things that happened. But it also got me thinking about some of those other things leading up to it, everything around it like portion control and proper nutrition and just really taking a look at what else am I putting in my body and how quickly can I get off this pill? So that was kind of a, a kind of a stroke of good luck to have your mother-in-law already in this field and be able to provide you counsel where a lot of other people, they have to kind of take another step forward with a, a medical professional to get the help that they need where for you, you just kind of, kind of, kind of looked into that in a way. Oh, absolutely. Because um, once I got all the different blood work back and things like that, you know, my next call was, I don't know how to read any of this. I don't know what any of these numbers mean, if I'm high, or I'm low, and da-da-da, what to expect. So it was always like, oh, hey, everything's good. How are you doing? Da-da-da. Also, I have these charts that I want you to take a look at. Um, so, and, and she still happily will do it and, and keeps a you know, checks in from time to time to see how things are going and whenever I need her to look at something. But definitely the appointments and results now are uh, far less traumatic than they used to be. Um, they're all on the positive trend now. Um, but it was definitely a, a big win to have that already on our side that, hey, here's this resource that I can leverage versus let me hire somebody. It didn't help at all, too, that my doctor at the time had the worst bedside manner, um, if I can be honest. Uh, he would just kind of look at me and shame me like, hey, less chocolate and cheese and cookies and, you know, stop eating these things. Like, hey, just don't do this. And it was just not really kind. So there was also this underlying incentive like, hey, I'm going to show you. All right. You're talking to me like a jerk right now and show them that I can make this change. What was that? Yeah, I didn't catch the last part. It kind of cut out. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it kind of subconsciously was motivating me to kind of stick it to him, you know, like, you know, I'm going to show you, buddy. He thinks that I'm just going to kind of rest and let the pill do all the work, right? Which is why he prescribed me that pill, that uh, not thinking that the lifestyle change is needed. It's like, oh, yeah, you tell people they're not going to do it, and you just assume that I'm just going to kick back. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to show you, buddy. All right? I'm going to do Exactly. This. I love that. That's for sure. Um, so in your mind at that point, how did you like, – what did you envision when you thought of somebody who had diabetes and or had high blood pressure? Like what was the image in your mind? Oh, my goodness. Right away, I, I didn't have to think too long and hard about it. Um, cause that's something I kind of grew up with, you know, I grew up knowing people with diabetes, with high blood pressure, 
And that's what I meant when I was like, hey, I don't want to be a statistic because the numbers are out there that, you know, you're a black man in America, diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, all of that. Those are just kind of the facts of life. And no way, no how, you know, I've done enough to not be a statistic in a lot of other ways. I'd be damned if I let it happen on my watch with my health. All right. So at this point, it sounds like even hearing you talk about it, I can tell like you're getting motivated, just like recalling this time in your life. Did you feel motivated at that point? Like, were you were you just kind of like, all right, I'm going to make this happen? Or did the motivation come over time once you started seeing results? No, I knew I wanted to do something. And I was going to, you know, that that was the the trigger I needed to get serious about it and actually take action you know like I was saying before there's you know you get some of these flags and it's like eh, I can get some different pants I can do this but that was that was the wake-up call I needed Um, I didn't know what that was going to look like and I definitely had no idea I'd be where I am today but I knew I had to do something and I started researching and I started you know googling everything and try to sift through what was fact versus old wives tales and trying to put together an action plan for myself that I could actually stick with. Um, Like I said, I had no idea what the finish line was going to look like. And even to this day, I still don't know. And that's kind of the, the biggest thing, not having this with an end in mind, just, okay, what's the rest of my life going to look like? I know I want to not just be that, dad that's around and on the sidelines and huffing and puffing i want to be active it made me think back of all the things i used to enjoy doing and why i wasn't doing anymore um all the cycling that i used to do that i wasn't really taking part of anymore uh just running around and playing now it was uh, a struggle to go up a flight of stairs or chase down a bus you know so it just kind of this whole flood of emotions came upon me and not knowing what the game plan was. I just knew I had to put one foot in front of the other and get moving with something. So beyond just the nostalgia of the things that you used to enjoy, you also had a set of metrics that you were trying to achieve, but instead of like race metrics, like, Hey, I want to run a 10 K in this period of time, or I want to achieve this amount of Watts over 20 minutes on the bike. It was more blood-based numbers, I assume. Um, so when you start getting into into athletics again, start start feeling good and start getting, uh, as you put it, putting one foot in front of the other. How much did you balance the running with the uh, the cycling? You know, right out of the gate, there was not much of either, because um, the those metrics that I was looking at was first and foremost, I want to lower that blood pressure, and you know, at the same time. That gets a lot easier if I cut out some of this weight. You know, at the time, I was up to about 265 pounds. And I just knew right away some of that had to come off. So I'm just lifting. You know, I wasn't running. I wasn't cycling. Um, I'm hitting the gym. And full disclosure, after the first week, I was like, man, I don't know if I can keep up with this. You know, I was YouTubing different um, uh workout routines and things like that. And I'm like, man, this, these are all for the super ripped guys that are already in shape. So I kid you not, I had to look up a program that was uh, fit over 50 because that's honestly how I felt that my current 
physique and fitness level was that of a 50-year-old man. So just put the ego aside. And I started my modified workouts with Fit Over 50 and did that for a couple of months before I could even get the energy to sustain full-on regular workouts. Then I could start turning it up to do like, okay, great. Now I can actually do the regular versions of these exercises now that some of the endurance is coming, some of the weight is starting to come off, and I can continue with this on a regular basis and not just drop it after three weeks. And when you're doing this kind of like abridged version of a workout routine, how did it feel for you doing that like in, say, like a public weight room? Did, was, there, was it hard to put your ego aside? Did, did you feel like you're looking around like, are people watching me right now? Like, what, what, what did that feel like? All of the above, man. Um, but at the end of the day, I wasn't there to please anybody else. You know, I knew what my goal was. I want to get off this pill. So it didn't really matter to me that, you know, the buff guys over here are looking at me with like, you know, I had the, the lifting gloves on, you know, and I'm starting off with a little 10, 15 pounders and whatever. They don't know my life. They don't know what I'm going through. Let me just put the headphones on, turn it up real loud, and I'm going to show up every day. And eventually, I'll get to where I need to be. I'm not there to impress anybody. I'm not there to prove anything to them. I'm just trying to prove it to myself that I can make that progress. But there were definitely some looks. Well, it's funny, right? Because it's, it's easy to be you know, that person who looks at someone who's in the gym, who's obviously new to it. And kind of be like, oh, what are they doing in here? Like, they're not doing it right. Or they're not, you know, they're, they're obviously a novice. And, you know, I'm not going to like put it out there like to stereotype. Like, I know I've done it. I know that I've been like, oh, what's this person doing in here? Like, they're not doing it right. This is when like I actually lifted weights. I don't lift weights a whole lot anymore. So this is talking in the past. Mm -hmm. And it, it pains me to say that because I know it's like, it's absolutely ridiculous. No one should ever take that view of another person but I'm going to be forthright about it. I know I have done that where I thought like I was all high and mighty and like, Oh, look at this person. They don't know what they're doing. They're obviously new in here now. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And now when I think about it, it's I, almost like the opposite. Now I have more respect for the novice. Cause it's like, Hey, it's a lot harder to be that person who's trying it out, who you know is self-conscious, but is doing it anyway. Versus the person who lifts, you know, four times a week on the regular, like, that's just part of their life. Like, I feel like more respect to go to the new person and be like, yeah, man, keep it up. Like, I'm not trying to, like, look down on you. Like, I'm trying to, I should, like, be encouraging you to keep it up. And it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, I don't know what caused me to have that mindset in the past. It's not like, it's not something I'm proud of, but I've definitely done that. And I can, I know other people have done it too. Well, and it kind of goes, um, the other half of that too, is not knowing that person's background. So you could just see someone and think like, whoa, you're kind of wasting your time. What are you doing with that workout? Not knowing that, oh, you're, you, you suffered this injury and you actually have to keep it limited to this weight or these modified movements or this and that just to kind of keep it going. Because even, you know, not that long ago, I still get certain looks uh, throughout February. I was going through some physical therapy for a little bit of a, a hip imbalance. So now I'm showing up to the with my resistance bands and I'm doing the the clams and things like that. And I'll see people looking at me like, hold on, you're telling me this guy 
This guy over here that just the other day I saw squatting this much and throwing weights around is over here with resisting bends and doing the, the Jane Fonda workouts. Like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. But that's what I needed to get my hip back together. And that might be what somebody else needs to work on whatever they're working. So you never know, you know, like the fact that you're in there doing the work is all that. That's true. So what advice do you have for, we're going to go, we're going to kind of sprinkle this in from time to time. So what advice do you have for someone who's, you know, trying to get into the gym, they know the importance of it, but they are self-conscious about it because they're new. And while they might have a good routine, they're maybe a little bit antsy about like they know they can have to work through their form or they're self-conscious about the weight they're going to use. What are some, what are some things you would tell somebody who was kind of stuck in that mental mind frame? So this is a lot of where I think the difference between uh, the running community that I found a lot of accepting and welcoming people that have all been there before versus other types of, uh, fitness minded communities where, you know, everybody's been there. Everybody had to start somewhere. Right. So even the people that you see in there that are super ripped now, they didn't step into the gym day one and were super ripped. Everyone was a beginner at once. So just know that. And most importantly, if you can find a space and, you know, get your work in, just be in your zone. You know, the not as many people are looking as you think, right? Because once you're in the gym, I mean, at least in my gym, certain environments like, yeah, you'll see the ones who are there to actually work out versus the people who are there to just kind of post and look around. So just find yourself a little nook, get that work in. And this kind of goes doubly for the ladies because I've, uh, you know, I've got sisters and a wife and sisters-in-laws and things like that, um, that'll definitely just not want to get into the gym, free weight section of the gym, because they're afraid of uh, who's looking and who's kind of creeping and things like that. And from my sense, people, there aren't as many eyes on you as you think. So don't worry about it. Know that everybody started somewhere. And if you're keen on your goals, it's going to work out. You know, uh, not everybody had it down. The form will come. Just kind of be mindful of the weight that you're putting on because injury can come if you're lifting too much too soon. But that's, that's a whole other thing where ego gets involved and, you know, some of the guys will think, oh, there's no way I should start off bench pressing with no weight on the bar. Well, the bar is not nothing. You know, the bar is 45 pounds. And if that's where you need to start, that's where you need to start and work your way up. Yeah, that's true. And if you are, you know, there's not many of us out there who can say, I don't care what other people think, right? So we all have some, some part of that, at least. And some people have a lot of it. I know I'm someone who probably has a lot of it. I do care a lot what other people <laughs> think um, to my dismay. So even in those situations, I feel like consistency is the key. Because like the people who are, you know, who are really into weightlifting, who are in there a lot, that, you know, and, and you would know this better than me. That, there was a time in my life where I was like this, not so much anymore, but, you know, you are like this right now where you're dedicated to it. I feel like if they look at someone else who's consistently in there, who they know is working hard, they couldn't give a crap about how much they're lifting. You know what I mean? That's exactly but like, it. But they know who's in there faking it. Again, and if someone's faking it, you know, say they're putting up 225 10 times, then they don't 
touch another way for 10 minutes, they don't have that person doesn't have another person's respect because they're obviously faking it. Well, and to that, not to um, diverge too much, but this is one of the big things that I feel when you want to make a change and you want to get started, just go ahead and get started. Don't wait for any of these events or these markers to say, okay, I'm going to start. Because, you know, what ends up happening is a ton of people choose January 1st. Okay, I'm going to get started. And one, the amount of pressure that puts on you to, you know, start something new at this dedicated time when so many others are starting something new, you know, it gets all crowded and then it's a, it's a whole thing. You couldn't believe how empty the gyms are, you know, this morning. You know, you go in on a summer day and everybody who, you know, was doing it for a fad has quit by now. But you start to see, oh, you're starting now. You this. You're still with it now. Okay, now you're, you're really working and you're starting to develop that confidence that I don't care what others think. I'm here for me. You know, you're starting to uh, have some attainable goals. You're actually making those strides. And I think that's a, a big thing to kind of keep in mind for a beginner. You know, like get away from the, ooh, I want to do this for my summer bod. Don't do that. You know, just let this be your lifetime bod. Exactly. That's a great way of putting it. It reminds me of when my wife was pregnant the first time she was battling gestational diabetes and she met with a nutritionist and she gave her, you know, I think that like the title on top of like the, like the Xerox copy that she gave her was like the gestational diabetes diet. And the, the nutritionist like, you know, kind of choked at the time. She goes, disregard the title on the top. I was like, why? What do you mean? She's like, that, mm-hmm. this isn't the gestational diabetes diet. This should be your all the time eating plan, whether you're pregnant or not. You know what I mean? It was like, cause it was like, Again, Absolutely. I'm going to dive into nutrition a couple of, you know, a month from now, we're going to do a full, a whole big thing here on the podcast for it. But it was funny. It was like, you know, it, it was definitely an eating plan that a lot of people would benefit from, but it was so funny at the moment. Cause it was exactly what you just said. It was like, all right, this isn't like for a period in time, this can be an overriding principle or guide, um, how you can do, how can you, how you can approach something. And, you know, that's probably the most common, um, thing that I've seen again, I'm not a professional, but I do have friends that have approached me and asked for certain tips and I'm happy to help anybody who wants to be helped. And, you know, the first question is, well, what is it you're doing? Is that, is that paleo? Is that keto? Is that this and that? And honest to goodness, I don't know what any of those words mean because what I generally see is these are the FDA guidelines. This is what I'm following. I'm just doing what nutritionists and dietitians have said you should be doing for generations. You know, eat clean, plenty of green vegetables, leafy green vegetables, get your sugar from fruits, right amount of protein, and, you know, limit the, the fats and the starchy and the processed uh, foods. So that, that's really it, you know, and we're not just so you can fit into a bikini. I'm not doing Oh, this. but come on. You, I've seen just you. Until... I've seen you, man. You rock the short shorts. I think you are trying to fit into a bikini. <laughs> ah, man. Yeah, the short <laughs> shorts. That's uh... 
you know, that uh, started off as a kind of a gag. Um, but, and I'm sure you know this, after you get those, uh, those chafe points with the longer shorts, you know, do what works for you. But I used to wear longer shorts and I chafed in places that we don't need to talk about and it hurt like you wouldn't believe. So the less fabric that I've got moving around, the better. There you go. I used to run in basketball shorts. I'm actually currently wearing shorts I used to run in. And it's funny. I look back on it now like, oh, my God, that was so ridiculous. But it was like, even now, I wear running shorts. And my running coach is like, those are basketball shorts. I'm like, no, I have basketball shorts. These are definitely smaller. But um, it, that, that is interesting. All right. So since you brought up food, I definitely wanted to talk to you about that. Because, first of all, shoot, you definitely eat clean. You do post some of your meals on Instagram. First of all, you're obviously a really good cook. We've already touched on that. But um, everything you just mentioned about you kind of followed FDA guidelines, that definitely seems to be the case. I would say with one caveat, you seem to probably have less carbs than, say, like the food pyramid. It's probably more like the new like circle plate that came out a few years Mm -hmm, ago. mm -hmm. Yep. I have the my plate from... uh... I forget who did that. I think that was Michelle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so probably a little bit less than that. So do you, when you're, say, either you're planning out your meals, whether it's either a formal, informal thing, do you, um, is it kind of symmetrical? Do you have the same sort of balance per meal? Or how do you kind of, how do you kind of uh, schedule your day from an eating perspective, whether it's meals or snacks? Yeah, I took... Um an approach that again works for me and I knew that I could keep up with so in the early days of kind of tracking everything um, I got super obsessive compulsive about logging every single item that went into my mouth and that helped me get so much actionable data cut out the unnecessary and kind of tighten the screws a little bit to get the right mix of things. So I was using this app. Um, there are tons of different ones, but I was using uh, Lose It because that was my focus, right? I wanted to lose some weight. And by logging everything I ate, I could see, okay, here's my daily caloric intake. Here's the weekly. And then broke out what I'm getting the most out of which nutrients from. So right away, I was like, wow, I'm eating way too much. What if I substitute white rice for brown rice? Okay, that's a little bit better. But as I'm kind of making some of these changes and getting away from the dyed processed bread and switching to wheat bread and this and that, I'm also noticing that, well, carbs isn't just bread. You can get plenty of carbs from your leafy greens. So I start to use those to supplement um, my carb intake and you know after tracking things for i think i had a streak of like 400 some odd days going it's like four days and i was like okay i think i got it now and i can kind of eyeball certain things so now i probably don't take in as many carbs right away but i feel that that gives me the leeway for using some of these bars that you know runners depend on you know that are pretty much all carby kind of bars. You know, if it's going to be a cliff bar or a power bar or something like that, that I'm just going to grab before I hit the road or just have some oatmeal or something like that, that kind of 
gives me the wiggle room that, okay, or should I end up in a situation where we're going out to eat or we're at a function where, oh gosh, I used to just not eat anything. Well, okay, great. I know I'm at a deficit, so I can go ahead and enjoy a cookie that somebody freshly baked for me and not be a jerk that's like, oh, sorry, I can't have this cookie. I appreciate you baking it, but take it away. You know, it just kind of leaves me that wiggle room to treat myself here and there. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I think that that whole, um, you know, the fact that there are carbs and other, you know, other foods, you know, I think it's the, it, oftentimes when we think of different foods, it's easy to peg them in a certain area. And they're usually much more complex than that. That's for sure. I shouldn't say usually, they almost always are, right? Like, all right, you know, you, you can look at certain, yeah. ve- certain fruits have more sugar content than others. And, and, you know, certain vegetables have, you know, can be more starchy than others, right? Like broccoli isn't the same as a carrot and all that stuff, which is a positive and a negative, right? Because like, all right, well, how much do I have to know here, right? Because there's like, I feel like there's two bugaboos with kind of converting a bad eating, not, I don't want to say diet, kind of like a bad eating plan to like a good eating plan or, you know, the bad way of eating to a good way of eating. I think there's two caveats. One is, or one with two hurdles. One being having all the information you need and knowing what information is extraneous, right? It's almost like if you like came upon this big pile yeah. of like puzzle pieces and you're like, okay, I need you to build the puzzle, but just know there's more pieces in this pile than you'll need to create the puzzle. You'd be like, exactly. God damn it. And like, there, how am I supposed to make the puzzle that. now? Um, and then the other yeah. part. That, that was the yeah. huge part of uh, doing the research and trying to, you know, isolate what do I actually need? What makes sense? Because anybody will sell you anything. And I think one of my big things is, yes, I do take supplements. Now, these aren't you know, oh, yeah, let's just go out there. And, you know, this is nothing illegal. I'd pass any NFL (laughs) or MLB test at any day. But knowing that, hey, here are the things that I have cut out of my diet, right? I'm not eating red meat. Well, there are things in red meat that your body just needs. So let's supplement that with creatine or, hey, I'm not taking, you know, this, that I, I don't have orange juice. You know, I just buying orange juice, it comes with a high amount of sugar um, and it's perfumed and it's just generally not something that does too well with my body anymore. So I'm going to take a multivitamin to kind of round out some of those other things that I'm not getting. You know, same thing with uh, dairy. I, I don't do a lot of dairy. Well, lean on that multivitamin, take some vitamin D elsewhere. Take, you know, so just doing the research and not just walking into your GNC full of every supplement they'll sell you because some of that stuff is absolutely useless you know some of it is just witch hazel and you don't need it it's snake oil and other things are oh okay once you have your nutrition in place you can actually see what gaps you have and fill in those gaps so you're just good all around right and the other hurdle is taste right so it's <laughs> yeah, one thing yeah, yeah, if you've yeah. been eating salads for three years and you make an epic salad and you are all you're like, you know, like the salad king or queen that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who's who doesn't eat salads, who's now going to start eating salads. And instead of it tasting like this amazing smorgasbord of interesting flavors with tons of character, it just tastes like you're eating the woods in your backyard 
as opposed to something sugary and salty <laughs> and sweet. Yeah, and there are some tricks to that as well. Because um, I'll tell you, when I switched to the, funny you'd mention that, when I switched to the definitely a well, it's like, oh man, I'd rather just grab a calzone. But uh, my wife is incredible and she does prep all of my salads and just go to her uh, salad station on Sundays and chops everything up and they're good to go. But I would cheat early on. I wouldn't really, it's not even really cheating, but hack my salads and take some of my favorite seasonings to kind of trick myself. So I really like spicy things. So I'd grab, you know, some of my favorite spices and sprinkle it on and Okay, with that, with a little Italian dressing, when you bite into that mushroom that has just the right amount of, you know, cayenne and lemongrass and different things that you enjoy on it, it's like, ooh, okay, that does taste like something I enjoy, and I can, I can, I can get with this. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm definitely a fan of like other people's salads. I'm just never a fan of the salads that I make. I feel like there's a, there's this <laughs> huge difference. It's almost like when I look at somebody who's like, you know, maybe like doing a home construction project, like like you. All right, so you fix you had like um, you had like water in your in your yard, right? Like you, I, I, was, I was watching your uh, little Instagram thing. It was pretty funny. So you had so oh, like yeah. still water in your in your yard, and you like dug the hole and you fixed it. It was like very hands on, handsy. It was very. I was very impressed. Anyway. If I went and did that, it would not have led to the same result. So I feel the same way about salads. Um, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip forward to, to now. All right. Because uh, if someone's listening to this show, they might have already seen the podcast graphic. You know, spoiler alert, it worked out well. Right? You, you are very active. Um, you, you're, yeah. you do all sorts of things. And now I feel like you're almost like an ambassador for like basically like believing in your body in a way right like so you you know you are somebody who at first glance you know say someone looks at looks at a picture of you say with your shirt off and you just came back from a run you know you look great you're a big strong guy who's very fit but at the same time like you're you don't hide the fact right so you have a little loose skin as well from when you were bigger absolutely what's that juxtaposition like for you to have both things at the same time and how do you feel about being public about it you know, I wear it kind of like a badge of honor and um, quick antidote here that, you know, really, I will never forget it because I was feeling really good. And these two ladies tried to tear me down and I, I wasn't having it, really. Um, I was running around uh, the Charles River and it was a super hot, muggy day. This was about a year ago. And, you know, the shirt's got to come off. It's sticky. And it was one of the first times, maybe like the third time that I, A, ran with my shirt off and definitely the most public space that I'd ever done it. But it was just so hot that like, forget it. So let's do this. I'm going around. I'm feeling good. And like, all right, great. But there are a bunch of intersections that you have to cross. So I stopped. And, you know, one of the ladies, I didn't have headphones on, heard one like, oh, yeah, look at that guy. And her friend immediately was yeah, but look. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. Yes, there are stretch marks. Yes, there are lo- there's loose skin. That's just a product of, you know, hey, I used to be big, now I'm smaller. You know? It's going to happen, and I feel that a lot of folks will feel self-conscious about that, but I always ask myself, which would you rather have? 
the loose skin or the 80 pounds back? Oh, that's and a great question. That's time. a great question. That's a, what a good, a good way of looking at it. Yeah. So like every single time, you know, like some, somebody will ask like, well, what do you do? So you did look into it. Absolutely. And the first thing I saw was that the recovery takes about six weeks that I need to be not active. And for the next six months after that, there are all sorts of changes and things that you can't do, um, which included a lot of things that I love to do. So it was just a non-starter right away. Absolutely not. You're telling me I got to not work out. I can't run. I can't lift. I can't be on my bike for six weeks. No. I'd, I, again, I would rather continue living this lifestyle and forget the aesthetics than just look good without actually having the substance behind it. Well, I'll tell you what, I love the self-awareness and the drive and the perspective that you put into this whole thing. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, before we finish up with the last set of questions that I like to do on every episode, um, just what's the, what are the plans for the rest of 2018? What are you looking to do athletically? So now um, I had a really busy July, um, did a couple of things to mix it up. But the one focus now is a Marine Corps marathon coming up at the end of October, um, trying to pare down the number of races I actually do. But um, training is starting to get really serious for that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good luck in that, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that should be that should be hey, a good thanks. time. And it seems like that's one of those marathons where everyone has such good things to say after the fact, just about the marathon itself, not even just their performance. Yeah, you know, I did look into that, and I have a neighbor who's uh, running it as well, and she's told me all the amazing things, and um, even before knowing just the, what it stands for, um, the People's Marathon, you know, I was like, okay, great, I can get down with this, and, you know, not being fairly new to running, if I can be honest, just kind of looking around and seeing, well, what races do I qualify for and which ones actually, you know, have some extra significance for me. Um, this one really stood out. Plus we have some family in the area that we can visit as well. So Beautiful. Run. That's great. All right. So when you go out on a run, are you wearing headphones or no headphones? More often than not, no headphones. Um, but if it's going to, the longer the run, the less I want headphones actually. Um, but if I'm going to just be, working out at the track and you know got to hit certain paces and it's over and over and over i gotta have the headphones for that all right and what are you listening to in that circumstance typically it's a lot of uh <laughs> yeah stop me if you've heard this before but it's really some uh really offensive really aggressive uh trap gangster rap just like you know that that something really angry that fires me up and just gets the gets the legs moving all right so if you have to pick one artist which one are you choosing lately it's been a lot of ti uh, a lot of ti a lot of big sean okay all right there you go all right so what is some advice that, um, that you have trouble following that you happen to give other people all the time yoga more yoga why is that uh <laughs> I, I tried to, I, I got on the train and I think I spent much of March and especially during my PT um, doing all the yoga and it, it made a huge difference. Um, but right away, you know, I, I look back on July and it's like, man, I didn't take a single yoga class and 
I got to stay up on the flexibility and mobility because that's injury prevention. And how did it make a difference for you? How did it, how did it make you feel better? You know, it, it's, I really feel the difference uh, coming down the stretch. You know, some of the, the tightness and some of the, you know, little things that you feel either on the back end of a run or the hours after a run, just feeling like, oh, yeah this would have normally been really tight or it would have taken me a little bit longer to recover. I feel that the, the yoga specifically the hot yoga for me um, just kind of helps keep everything a little looser longer. Got it. All right. I got to give that a try. I've done like one 10 minute YouTube beginner yoga thing that my kids were hanging on me the whole time. So I, I can't even say I've done it once, but I have, I've, I'm starting yeah, to, to see, get into and, it. And that's the thing, you know, I, I, I want to take the, I, I've tried that to take the videos at home. Like, Oh yeah, I have some space I can clear out, but I feel that that's one of those, like, I need to go. I need to go to the place. I need to bring my mat and I need to get sweaty and, and really follow some instruction that's like hands-on, and I'm looking around and see other people with variations. So then when I'm watching the video, they're all doing it right. But when I'm in the studio, it's like, oh, I see. It's okay that I'm wobbly. And it's okay to, all right, yeah, I can do that. That's a great point. And unless you have, like, mirrors everywhere, you don't know what you look like. You might think you're doing it right, but maybe you're not. Yeah, sometimes you got to bring that foot over and say, is that far enough? Uh, you know, and it's easy when you're by yourself to kind of cheat through some of the movements. But I'll go to a studio where the instructor will come around and no, no, no. Right. All right. So if you have one race that you can do for the rest of your life, but you can do it. I'm sorry. If you have, you have to choose, you can do one more race for the rest of your life, but you can do it every year. What race would you choose? Oh, you know, I was, uh, I was anticipating this one and I, I feel like I've only done it once, but the Run to Remember Half Marathon in Boston um, was just such an awesome experience. You know, so well organized, and it was a blast. And really, I just have a lot of fun with half marathons. So I think that would be the one. All right. Other end of the spectrum, bucket list race. Which one's at the top for you? Man, uh, Tokyo. Tokyo Marathon. I was actually just talking about that, and I know the registration – it just went live, so fingers crossed. Oh, good luck. Now, why, why is that the number one? You know, for so many a kid, there were just so many things interested in that have a strong base in Japan. So even just growing up, um, I was that kid that was heavy into video games. And if you want to get serious about games, it's got to be Japan. Um, then I was really into cars, especially the, the imports. And if you want to get into those, well, Japan's where you got to go. And now I'm really big into tech. And you know what? All signs point back to Japan. So now, now you want to bring athletics back to Japan. You want Every part of your life, you want to circle it back there. There you go. Um, and last one, That's who right. is your dream running partner? You know, that that's... Um, it's a number of people. And if I could think about it, uh, in my not so athletic period from, you know, my mid twenties, uh, I just knew a ton of people who were getting into running and getting out there and, and hitting the miles. Um, but unfortunately a lot of those people life happens, um, aren't running anymore. So my dream running partner is those versions of them 
coming out of retirement to run with me now. You know, I'm not gonna, uh, it's a long list, so I don't want to say any names, but uh, there are just a ton of people that I knew were, you know, running around Vermont, running around DC, here, there, and everywhere that, oh man, now I see what it's all about. I'd love to run with you. Well, that is really a running really thoughtful answer. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. This has been fantastic. Thank you for sticking with me during some of the audio trouble, <laughs> but, but I really couldn't have been more happy uh, that you came on the show. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Matt. I'm a, a, a fan of the show and just so glad that you actually put something like this together because a lot of the times I'm looking at people and thinking, wow, there's no way I could keep up with this pro and da-da-da. But now I just feel honored and humbled that, you know, you'd want to talk to me. And I'm like, whoa, I haven't done anything. You know, I'm just getting started. My so pleasure. Thank All you right. For having Have a great me. day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rambling Runner podcast. And thank you, Mercury Mile, for sponsoring the show. Again, you can go to mercurymile.com to get your next box of goodies and use promo code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 at checkout. If you liked this episode of the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, you know, anyone, I guess. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely something that I love to see when people tag me, uh, when they share it on Instagram or other uh, forms of social media. Uh, so if you could do that too, that would be wonderful because it is nice uh, to see. But ultimately, I do hope you like the show. If you have any suggestions for potential guests, please let me know. And with that being said, have a great day and happy running.